about 20 years ago, a good friend of mine named Anne got married right before Christmas, and some friends and I hosted a Christmas ornament shower for her. We each gave her an ornament, and 20 years later, she still puts them all on her tree every year and tells her kids about them. And so this year, over Zoom, she threw a Christmas ornament shower for me and a small group of our friends. And it was really fun, and it was funny, and it left me feeling so loved and happy. And my future mother-in-law gave me this amazing ornament that Anthony made in first grade. It has his little initials on the back. I don't know if you can tell, I think it's made out of that like salt and water and flour and water kind of paste. You could tell that Anthony was going to be a religion major because it has little menorahs all over the tree and be sort of ecumenical about things. I'm not going to rule anybody out. My friend Amanda, and I have no idea how she found this, she gave me this gas can because when we were roommates, we both always ran out of gas by the side of the highway, which I'm not proud of, but there we go. There's a gas can. And then my friend... Um, Elizabeth Marie, and I love this one, she gave me this little star. I don't know if you can tell what that is. And she said, of course it's to remind you of the star that the Magi followed to see Jesus after Christmas. But mostly it's to remind you in your marriage to always follow what is shining instead of what is shiny. And I've really been thinking a lot about that phrase follow what is shining rather than what is shiny. thought about that phrase as I read today's reading from the Gospel of Mark. The text is beautiful in its own way, but it's probably not one of the more memorable stories from the Bible. You probably didn't read it in Sunday school, and I don't think there are any paintings made of it. It's Mark's account of a typical couple of days in the ministry of Jesus. Now, of course, everything in Jesus's life and ministry is miraculous, but there's sort of a quietness, a sort of dailiness in the story that we have today. It's not shiny or spectacular. And as we read it, we can never forget that all of this is happening in a dusty and forgotten corner of the empire, among poor and forgotten people going about their daily lives. There's nothing flashy about the miracles Jesus does today. There's some sort of grit in them. Jesus and his disciples have been to synagogue on the Sabbath, and afterwards they go to Simon Peter's house for a meal after the service. Simon Peter's mother-in-law can't help to make a meal for the crowd of disciples because she's in bed with a fever. Jesus goes to her, he takes her by the hand, he lifts her out of bed, and she's well. So well, in fact, that she joins in preparing and serving the meal. On the one hand, it's so starkly miraculous. This is a demonstration of Jesus' power over illness. And on the other hand, it's so unspectacular. It's daily. A fisherman's mother-in-law is healed, and then everyone has dinner. And the rest of the day has the same quality of the extraordinary shining through the mundane. After dinner, the people of the town crowd around the door of Simon Peter's house seeking Jesus. 
And he comes and he stands on the doorstep and he heals people and casts out demons. It's so spectacular, it's so miraculous, and yet it happens in such a mundane way. St. Mark tells us it happens after sundown because no one was allowed to be out and about until after the Sabbath ended at sunset. I mean, go get your miracle, but not in an inappropriate time. And then the next morning, Jesus slips away to find a quiet place to pray, like you do when you're staying in a house full of people and want some quiet. It's shocking, and it's miraculous, and it's wonderful. It's Jesus' proclamation that the kingdom of God has come near. But it happens in the middle of a life full of meals that need to be made, and mothers-in-law, and having a hard time finding time and space for yourself. It's the miracle shining through the mundane. It's shining, but it's not shiny. That's the difference between shiny and shining, isn't it? Something shiny catches our eye because of a trick of the light, because of its surface. It catches our eye, it's beautiful, but we know nothing about it, nothing of its value, its usefulness, what's beyond the flashy surface. The light doesn't come from within it, it reflects off the outside. Something shining, on the other hand, has its own source of light. It glows from within. Even if there's no sun, there's no light at all, it will still shine. You can look at it and know what it's made of, what's within it. It's shining. Despite what our children's Bibles might have taught us, Jesus' life was not shiny. People were really poor and dirty and really had leprosy. Everyone was sick, probably smelly. Jesus was really despised and rejected, and the crucifixion was really as terrible as our worst imaginings. Jesus was not shiny. And yet Jesus shone. His words, his healing, his friendships, the forgiveness he offered, his absolute conviction that he was one with God and God was love alone. Not shiny, but shining. That was who Jesus was. And the Christian life, I think, is much the same. Every single time that you, the people of St. John's, show up digitally or in person at a service project, at worship, at a meeting, you are doing something unflashy but powerful. The time you spend in gratitude, in prayer, in meditation, might look like wasted time from the outside. No one is going to be impressed by your church committee membership on your resume. It is not fancy to come to a meeting in the youth room at night at the table with the bagel crumbs on it, or spend half an hour talking on the phone about how to recruit Sunday school teachers. There's nothing shiny about this. But it's how we put love of God and love of neighbor into action. It's real and it's powerful. The work of faith, the work of Christian community is slow and nonlinear. It's messy because people are messy. There are setbacks, there are detours. But when we stay connected to the miraculous, transformative power of Jesus, 
that slow, messy work can change the world. But it means sticking with it when it's hard and boring and slow going. And it means trusting that Jesus can be found in the midst of the mundane stuff of daily life. When this pandemic finally comes to an end, and it will, the world is going to need people with that kind of faith. People who are willing to do the shining but not shiny work of rebuilding. The work of repairing the deep cracks in the foundation of our country that this time has revealed. And I believe with all my heart that you, the people of St. John's, are called to be leaders in that work. You have, together and as individuals, the love, the talent, the drive that the world is going to need to heal and to rebuild differently. I can't wait to see what God does through you. I can't wait to see how you will shine with the light of Christ. As Reverend Chris mentioned earlier, this is my last Sunday at St. John's before I get married next Saturday and start the next stage of life in Boston. Thank you. Thank you to each one of you for sharing your lives with me. Um, thank you for letting me walk with you in good times and in bad. Thank you for letting me enjoy your light as you shone with the light of Christ. Thank you particularly to my colleagues on staff here, to Tom, and Sandra, Emily, Virginia, David. It has been such a gift to work with such dedicated, loving, and creative people, and I will miss each one of you like crazy. And thank you to Reverend Chris. Um, when I first got ordained, my bishop told me, always work for someone who is the kind of priest that you want to be. And I did. Woo, sorry. Um, I will miss you so much. But the ministry we've shared and the work we have done together, the conversations we've had, the grief and the joy that we've shared will always be a shining thing for me. Those memories will glow from within with the light of Christ. And my prayer for you in the months and the years ahead, during the pandemic and after it, is that you will continue to seek what is shining and not what is shiny that you will seek Jesus, who is found in the middle of the hard stuff, the gritty stuff, the reality of our day-to-day -day lives, what is shining, not what is shiny. That is my prayer to you. And may God bless you every day in the measure that you have blessed me. Amen. <laughs>